Hi listeners, Ethan here. I hope you will enjoy this episode of Hookah Chats. Matt and I got very into this conversation and we found that it went pretty long. Because of this, I have moved our conversation about Matt's punk rock albums to a separate episode. We're experimenting with making our conversations about music and albums we love into a separate series of episodes. So when that one drops, it will most likely be in the new format. As always, thanks for listening and please enjoy. I was actually having a conversation with one of the people that I work with who was like, uh, yeah, looks like that Green New Deal's working really well down in Texas. And I just was like, all right, all right, we're going to do this. (laughs) podcast where two friends catch up and talk about whatever nerdy stuff comes to mind, usually over hookah. Enjoy. Right. It's because you don't, it's because you didn't winterize anything. And they're like, well, yeah, but then we got like three inches of snow. Why is everybody freaking out? Well, they don't have snow plows. They don't have like salt trucks. They don't have all the things that we're used to up here. Have a little compassion. yeah that's that's the thing it's really not that hard it's like that uh what that mayor of the one texas town who did you read about this i can't remember what town but he posted this huge like facebook rant about how the strong will survive and the weak will perish and and then he resigns and then he and then he posts a follow-up rant about how his remarks have caused people to harass his wife and I'm like, oh, poor baby. <laughs> I would have said, well, you know, the strong will survive the harassment. The weak will perish. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, brother. You're just going to have to get over it. It's not like government can help you anyway, right, Mr. Mayor? And then I like, you know, I have a heart attack and my something bursts out of my chest. But and yeah, that's the thing that's, that's ridiculous. In this, it seems like this era is just particularly full of, of stupid arguments. It's not yeah. like they're even like rational arguments they're just like that they say the dumbest things like there's no way that that can be accurate there's no way that and then anything you're even postulating could even possibly be (laughs) but they they just say it anyway man then Ted Cruz bailed out and goes to Cancun (laughs) yeah like like brazenly like and here I go you do it I'm going to emergency <laughs> I'm going to use your emergency services to get me to the airport so that instead of saving people freezing in their in their kitchens I'm going to make them devote their resources to me catching my flight to Cancun what yeah, it's just bad it's just a, it's, it's <laughs> insane you know what after Rush Limbaugh died I I was like I, I was like hey man the long descent to the lake of fire is baneful and then, and then like, and then like Ted Cruz, you know, I'm like, I'm like, you know what, if I was the pilot, I'd take the ship down. There'd be a part of me. There'd be a part of me. And I'm like, Ted Cruz is on the flight. He's, he's literally leap. What the hell is he doing? You know what? That's it. You know, and just, I might have to take one for the team here. Yeah. I'm going to take one for the team guys. See you, everybody. Like I just, I just, am, I'm just blown away. I'm baffled. You know, I, I want to talk about Gina Carano as well because i know yeah i know you want to talk about that and i've been thinking about that too 
Um, and then I definitely want to dive into bad religion and the dead Kennedys. But I do want to say, you know, I think that something that really frustrates me about modern day conservatives and, and you and I have, you know, you, you've schooled me a lot on like talking about where a lot of this comes from kind of historically, which I, I'm, I'm right there with you. But like me as a younger person who's, who's sort of only became really politically aware in the Obama era, you know, that's, you know, I wasn't really politically, I, I remembered George W. Bush, but not a ton. You know, I, I just wasn't aware as a political person. I'm, I'm always struck by um, how much I crave good, well-thought-out arguments from conservatives. I myself am not a conservative, and I have no intention of becoming a conservative, but I, a, I, can, I can imagine interesting, thought-out arguments for conservative politics. Like, like I can do that. Like, I can... I can come up with a with a small government argument that focuses on on local mutual aid and and the common good as understood and deeply contextually and and saying things and and and, and making arguments in good faith about why Texas should have why Texas as a local state should have control of its you know of all of its systems but but what I what is baffling to me is the is conservatives nowadays the, those who not just conservative politicians but just sort of conservative people or, or whoever who are making these lousy arguments um, don't really even seem to be all that concerned with the public good anyway and so it doesn't matter that they ha that they make these lousy arguments like I could understand somebody in good faith making the argument that it would promote the public good of Texas if xyz thing happen in xyz thing way but what instead seems to be the case just by just by reading statements from local politicians in texas or or even not so local politicians in texas like state like like ted cruz um what instead seems to be the case is we know that texans are dying and that's just the way of the world <laughs> i sit there i'm like what like like the strong will survive what the hell are you doing <laughs> what are and, you talking see, about what's unfortunate is in a way what's unfortunate is only knowing conservatism from the obama era forward doesn't really give you a good picture of what conservatism really is because sure. nowadays the republican party all political parties to an extent but especially poignant in the Republican Party is the influence of private money and um, business interests, which right. has always been a conservative bent anyway. But the conservatives that you hear now, I'm using my finger quotes, conservatives that you hear now aren't really conservative. Donald Trump's not a conservative. You know, Ted Cruz isn't a conservative. These people are culture warriors because right. they've discovered that the conservative base is more able to be moved on culture wars than they are on any other political issues. People don't care about tax revenue or a tax argument. The big companies care about that, but for the, the, uh, the line level voter, they care much more about a culture war. They care about mm -hmm. cancel culture or they care about, you know, 
whether or not you can pray in school and they inflate these things to exploit their base not Mm -hmm. to support their base not to represent their base but to exploit their base and people buy it hook line and sinker this is where the gina carano thing comes in yeah i think you're right we my my one public theology professor uh, in his work, he, he calls that post-material politics. Right. And so the idea that, and, and, and it's, you know, when I read his work, and, and as I've talked to you about this, not just now, but for the last couple of years, like, I really am struck by the fact that, like, I cannot remember a political landscape that isn't centered in this way. Right. You know, that isn't centered in, in this the politics of cultural values or the politics of, of ideas and, and, and these sort of abstract things. So like the idea that um, it met, like the idea that, that a debate over whether or not Colin Kaepernick should kneel or stand for the national anthem for, for people to get elected on those kinds of conversations is um, to me feels normal. Yes, but that's insanity. But that's insanity. Right, right. Like, <laughs> right. to me, it feels normal because of my age and, and you know, the kind of politics that, that has existed. Um, but these are these are post-material concerns, as my as my professor would say. Like, these are these are concerns that um, sidestep the question of, yeah, but are our lives better? And right. instead and said people are sort of trained to not really ask that question of politics, like and instead to. They're, they're trained to sort of see politicians more as um, figureheads that sort of manifest values, you know, rather than manifest policy or manifest, you know, structural or concrete changes. Well, I'm um, not sure I even agree with that, but continue with your thought. Well, I, I mean, that's just, I, that's what I'm seeing. I mean, seeing Donald Trump doesn't anybody. manifest any values. <laughs> he certainly doesn't well, sure, manifest sure. Or at least- the the, the family values of traditional conservatism or the, the or right. the religious right. There's no right. way that you could possibly manifest that. But he tells them what he wants, what the, what they want to hear, because he knows which buttons to push. He knows how to play the culture war. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he knows how to fight that battle. And that's really what people care about. Sure. Unfortunately. Unfortunately. But, but yeah, it's great. I Ted Cruz, you know, I'm I'm thinking about writing a uh, a blog series, like a series of semi-fictional like blog posts about hell. Because I maybe may, this might be for another podcast, fully. But like, you know, I believe I believe in an impermanent hell that's sort of more like a purgatory, and 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 so you know, the idea that that human beings, the only way human beings or any of creation can enter the presence of God is, is if love is shed abroad in our hearts for all corners of creation. And there are people in my life who I hate. And, and, uh, and which means that my stent in hell will be painful as that is burned (laughs) off of me, you know, by the fire (laughs) of God's love. And so I'm thinking about writing a blog series where I talk about that, where I'd like, I like talk about why I think my stent in hell will be painful and then the next couple of uh, blog posts in that series will be uh, my roommates in hell. Who do I think <laughs> will be my roommates in hell? Let's talk about Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> right, 
Rush Limbaugh and I will chill in the lake of fire together for a while. By the time you get there, Rush Limbaugh will what's be called an old head in the prisons. Mm. He will have been there for a while and know how things work, but he will still be there and probably facing a longer sentence than you I when you show so. up. <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> but I figure that with the Cancun stunt, at least, Dead, dead will be there too. Like, like at the very least. So another, another baby died in Texas for lack of heat. Ted Cruz is like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm gonna go to, Te- I'm gonna go to Cancun. Like, I don't, I don't have any responsibility for these people. Is this pro life? Like, what's yeah. going on? Well, see, they only care about pro life before a life is born. After right. they're born, they don't give a damn about them. That's my, that's my issue with it. But yeah, it's it's easy to uh, it's easy to appeal to a demographic of human beings that can't make any moral claim on you, right? The <laughs> unborn. Well, I'm doing this for the unborn. Oh, it's really convenient that not neither can we see nor talk to the unborn, and the unborn <laughs> can't hold you accountable or or demand other things, you know. But now, none of these really- people are none of these people are suggesting that the unborn be counted in a census. You know, that would be nuts. (laughs) But for for all other reasons, they're human beings. Well, that's only because they they use that to have power over other human beings that are born. They can control women's bodies. They can control, they can have a moral high ground. That's all it is. That's all it is. They don't give a shit about that baby. Whenever that baby pops out, they don't give a shit about it. You know? (laughs) And it's really transparent. But like you said before, um, You've never really experienced an honest-to-God conservative argument. You know right. there can be legitimate arguments for and against abortion. There can be legitimate arguments for and against the Second Amendment. There can be legitimate arguments for and against taxation. There are. They are out there. I've had them. I had one recently with a friend of ours who I won't mention by name, but like he owns an ice company in the area, and uh, he's one of my close friends. And we had a long conversation. And he is very far right, and I am not. And we had a long conversation, and we're still friends after it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he brought up some what I would call traditional conservative points, and he also started sprinkling in cultural war stuff. And I called him on it, right. <laughs> you know? And we we came to a consensus, like, yeah, okay, I see your point, you see my point, and this stuff is bullshit, <laughs> right? You know? Right. I just wish our, our our elected officials, our elected politicians, the people that are getting paid to do this could do the same so culture wars uh cancel culture gina carano mandalorian we're recording this oh maybe a week or so after it was announced that gina carano the the actress who played cara dune in the mandalorian was removed from the show Disney uh, has fired her, um, admits uh, a, a number of tweets that she had, and, and other kind of social media posts that she had put out um, that uh, caused quite an uproar among people. And Disney has, uh, in response to that uproar and those tweets, fired her. And um, what happened after that can only be described as exactly as predictable as we all thought would happen. Um, uh, uh, those same politicians that we've been talking about 
including Ted Cruz, who I know for a fact does not watch The Mandalorian. I know that in my heart that like this guy, <laughs> apparently Cara Dune was his favorite character. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it wasn't. Get over it. Like, you're lying. Ted Cruz rushes through defense. Ben Shapiro and her are now putting together a movie. They're starting like a movie franchise that portrays conservative values. Cool. I don't know what Cara Dune, I don't know what Gina Carano is going to do in that, you know, except maybe uh, make statements about how uh, there's a direct line between the Jews and Nazi Germany and Trumpers now, you know, which, which would be uh, quite, quite incredible. Um, but that is what's happened. Matt has a number of thoughts. I, I have a few thoughts, but I'm really, but Matt, I, I imagine you're very, I, I want to hear your thoughts. You're, you told me that you uh, uh, have a lot to say about it. And I want to hear about it. So Gina I Carano, do. Do. Matt, what is your take? Well, first, let me preface it by telling you that I, I feel like Gina Carano on a scale of one to 10 is probably like a 24 on looks i think she's like the most beautiful person i've ever wow, seen that's awesome and i don't mean like and i don't mean like in a would hit that sort of way i mean like huh. if if i was sitting in a bar i wouldn't be able to talk to her because i'd be just like befuddled <laughs> you know? that, that so is that is a, honest that is an honest take and i like that she is a stunning beauty um at best a moderate actress but i think physically she just looks fantastic and um so I have a little bit of an affinity for her anyway, <laughs> just because I think she's a, a goddess. Uh, but she obviously has some um, problematic opinions about things. Now, the quotes, the, the tweets that she sent out were kind of innocuous. I think they were inflated a bit as far as the outrage that's out there. Um, I think people may have intentionally taken them the wrong way. But that doesn't mean that the, that her logic is sound. It just means that that I think people kind of overreact a little bit to things. Um, not that not to defend her views, but um, so if you look at the the tweets themselves, like the first one that got her into trouble was something, and I don't have them in front of me. So um, the, the the first one that got her into trouble was something about um, counting the votes, and you have. To, you have to right. have a uh, voter ID and blah, blah, blah. Typical Republican tropes about that stuff. Not not a fireable offense, right? Sure, agree. Then she put something else on online that was taken to, to mock the trans community, where in her bio for the, the pronouns that everybody puts out there, like mm -hmm. he, him, his, she put beep, boop, beep or something like that mm. because mm -hmm. she thinks that the whole thing is silly again insensitive yes fireable offense i don't think so right <laughs> the the one that the one that did her in the one that got her that got her not renewed let's be clear she wasn't fired she just wasn't renewed she wasn't under yeah. contract at the time they just decided okay we're not going to do this with her now uh was that she had posted something about um, how Nazis used to beat up their neighbors because mm -hmm. of their political views. And she tried to liken that to being a conservative, like right. her political views are being, she's being persecuted in some way 
because of her political views. Please. Okay. Now this is this the, the problem I have with this is this this victim mentality that everybody right and left seems to really try to promote, you know? And there's it's just it's just false. It's just not true, you know. Um Gina says that because she's a Republican or because she's a conservative, people are somehow treating her unfairly. Gina, <laughs> you are on the most popular show in the world right now. <laughs> you are cashing checks larger than you've ever seen in your life right now. The only reason you are facing any criticism at all is because you don't know when to take the W. You know what I mean? I, Just I like, you've got it made. You're beautiful. You're, you're given a, a wonderful job, an extremely well-paying job. Everything's written for you. Like, you've got it made. Where is this sense of persecution coming from? I don't understand how you can feel like you're being oppressed when you're on you're literally on top of the world right now. You know, where does that come from, Ethan? Well, <laughs> I mean, I think it comes from a steady diet of, of silliness, right? Like a steady diet of not only right-wing media, but, but the whole kind of movement in, in at least knowing that it goes uh, before this, but at least the last four years of kind of that constant pressure and pushing uh, to make folks believe that a there is a culture war and that they're on that they're losing it and losing it would be very bad. Um, I have a number of thoughts. Uh, I do want to say this that that final tweet about that that kind of pushes her over the edge. There's some nuance to that tweet that I think is um, um, that I just want to make sure is put out there. Gina Carano uh, says in that tweet that uh, history is, is, you know, you wouldn't know this in the history books because it's being censored, but the Nazis first had to convince the neighbors of the Jews that they were evil. And, you know, and, and then all this yada, 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 implying, yes, that, that conservatives are like the Jews and being oppressed, right? You know, that there's a direct line between conservative modern day Republicanism and the Jews. But it also implies a number of other things in this. One, it implies that somehow the Democrats who somehow have been in charge for the last five years, I don't know how that's possible, but like we've somehow been in charge for secretly. We are Nazis and um, and and we we are the ones who are initiating a kind of propaganda campaign to convince uh um, the world around conservatives that they are bad. Um, and so that tweet, th there are some layers to that tweet that I think I just want to make sure is sort of out there because I agree with you that what we're dealing with is not a fireable offense. If Gina Carano worked in a, in, in a grocery store, and I don't mean to disparage grocery stores, I'm just trying to speak just in if she wasn't a, a well-known figure, no one would if care. She, if she wasn't a well-known figure, nobody would care. Her, her right. 40 friends on Twitter, maybe the 10 of them that disagree with her would be like, come on, Gina, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, and then we'd all move on. Um, and so I just want to make that clear. 
I think that it's a lousy take. You know, like like I sit there and 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 I think I think it's lousy to make fun of people's pronouns. I think it's dumb. If you you know, and and I find I find that kind of glee of doing that stupid. You know, mostly mm-hmm. like, uh, is it a fireable offense? No, whatever. I don't give a shit about that. But like, I I certainly find it stupid. Like I'm like, let's not. Why 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 mock that? It doesn't make any sense to mock that. The other thing that I think about is when a lot of this began, right? Like when she started tweeting and being more vocal about her political opinions and her kind of culture war opinions. Um, it's not as though the mob, well, let me try it another way. There will always be mob like people. There will always be the mob who wants to jump down and initiate mob justice on people. John Oliver had a really cool a couple seasons ago, a really cool episode about that where he interviews Monica Lewinsky about mm-hmm. mob, online mob justice. And, uh, and, and I always found that to be really nuanced and really, really great. And, you know, John Oliver is as far left as he, as he gets. And John Oliver's like, yeah, mob, mob justice is absolutely ridiculous. Like, like we definitely shouldn't do that. But, but by and large, she, my point is, is that Gina Carano had a number of instances, a number of opportunities to say, hey, to all my trans fans out there that I made feel like shit for doing this, well, I really didn't mean to make you feel like shit. I would be a lousy human being if I tried to on purpose make you feel like shit. And so I'm sorry I did that. She didn't have to, she didn't have to jump and, and, and jump up and put her pronouns up there or, or make a big long statement about something she doesn't believe in. But you know, the opportunity to apologize is I think granted to all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And I think that Gina Carano just sort of didn't take it. And in, mm-hmm. in, that, in that sense, I go, okay, well, I just don't see why you can be surprised when a private company, after hearing pushback from their fans, makes the decision that they make with Gina Carano. Right. You know? And I hear that. I hear that. Sure. And I agree with you. Uh, she, I'm not defending her views. No, I know. But what, I, what concerns me about this is she already has a victim mentality. Sure. By firing her, you reinforce that mentality. And you reinforce that to other conservatives who now point to that and say, see, you have Ted Cruz, who's never seen The Mandalorian, going, see, the culture war is real. See, right. this is what happens whenever you offend the left, which is bullshit, but it creates... Republicans. Sure. Okay. Sure. If you if you look at modern day Republicans, if you look at that jackass that's uh what's his name? Um the one in the from in the wheelchair from uh, I can't think of his name right now. Oh he's one of the new right darlings. Or you look at Marjorie Taylor Green, right? right. Um these guys don't give a damn about traditional pu- uh, Republican values. They're all culture war. They're, that's what their that's what their bread and butter is, right? You mm-hmm. reinforce that whenever Disney says, "Okay, you're fired because of this." Now, that is not to say that I do not believe that Disney has the right to do that. They're a private company; they absolutely have the right to do that. That's their call. I completely understand that, and I completely understand your point about Gina. All she has to do is recognize and show a little compassion for the people that she might have offended, right? Mm-hmm. But 
she's not in that bubble. She's not in that echo chamber to, to feel that she feels attacked because right. she's a, a victim and she reacts in a defensive way. Right. Um, and I feel like that creates in the long run that feeds into the culture work that gives them more ammunition for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my concern for it. I think it's a problem with celebrity to begin with that everybody fails to, to notice their position in life. And they want to, everybody wants to feel like the underdog for some reason, everybody roots for the underdog, right? Gina knows that when she uses the term Nazi, everybody that's ubiquitous with evil, right? So she's going to paint her foes, political foes or ideological foes as the Nazis, right? The, the, the left does the same thing. We, we've been sure. calling people Nazis for a long time. You know, true, a lot of true. them are Nazis, but like, right. even Inclu- those that aren't. Including and especially the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> right, but I mean, right. it's such a you. It's such a ubiquitous term. It's such an easy way to call something evil or to call something the enemy that, you know, it's just easy to go to. And people like, I'm sorry, like Dr. Dre came from the streets of Compton, right? Or where, mm-hmm. where, wherever it was. And he does not right now have the, the ability to speak from that place anymore, right? Gwen Stefani came from, you know, uh, humble beginnings in a punk rock band and now she's on like american idol or whatever it is she doesn't have the ability to speak that way from that from that history anymore you're in a different place right you're not Mm -hmm. a victim anymore like uh j-lo is not still jenny from the block i'm sorry she's just not anymore right Mm -hmm. so you Mm -hmm. have to be able to readjust and go look i've made it like I, I can remember that and my decisions can be informed from that history, but I can't speak from that position anymore. Gina Carano cannot speak from the oppressed position anymore. Sure. She just can't. She's not. She's not of that world anymore. Whether she wants to uh, believe it or not, she's 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 just not. So mm-hmm. it comes off really tacky whenever she says something like, you know, compares the people on the left to the Nazis for oppressing her views. If she was Gina from the 7-Eleven, like you said, it wouldn't be a problem, right? But she's no. not Gina from the 7-Eleven. She's Gina from the fucking Mandalorian. Right. So right. you don't have that same kind of moral authority to come from that position anymore. No, you I just agree. don't. I agree. You know? the, the, I, I completely agree with that. I think the other... The other side to this that speaks, I think, a little bit to uh, your concerns, which I have as well. Like, like I, I'm not interested in radicalizing anybody. Um, you know, I'm really not. I'm and and coming, you know, from the United Methodist Church, which is, which which the the right wing takeover of the United Methodist Church is almost complete. Like it's almost over. It's almost totally finished. So I've watched people, you know, if in both church world and political world become radicalized in this way. I'm not interested in that. What, what I do think is happening though, amongst uh, many folks, you know, I, I see this at play on all sides of the ideological spectrum, but I, I see it as I, it be, it has become the bread and butter of a lot of right-wing discourse is um, not really understanding the difference between free speech and consequence, free speech. All right. You know, where where I'm like, yeah, Gina Carano 
is totally, and people like her, are totally and perfectly free to say whatever they want. Of, of course right. they are. Of course they are. And that's how we know who the assholes are. That, the, like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but like, you know, and, and if, if Gina Carano would have said what she said, and then agents of the federal government showed up in her trailer to drag her to Guantanamo Bay, wow, then she might have something. Then there might be... <laughs> right. There might be a case, you know, like, right. like she might, somebody we should we should get, get involved, you know, but that's not what happened. What, what happened was uh, Gina Carano freely spoke and there were consequences, sure. not legal consequences, because she's free to speak however she wants. Right. And um, for me, I think that um, I'll speak very personally. I am not super duper interested in um, uh, uh, um, babying, and you're not saying this either, so hear me when I say this. I'm not super duper interested in babying right-wingers so they don't become radicalized. I'm, I'm interested in, I might be more interested in doing that for people I know and love, people who I'm around and, and, and am able to influence in a kind of long-term way, right? Um, uh, I've got friends, uh, listeners of this pod, who, whose families, he, who, listeners who's watched their families become further and further radicalized to the right with, with nothing, no help, nothing can be done, you know, as they consume right-wing media, as they live in echo chambers, as they, you know, as they do whatever. And um, because of the kind of the eggshell yeah, the eggshell or the patient sort of mentality. What what is it? It is effectively done for this person, for this listener, is um, they've realized that oh, all I have done is slowed the process of watching my family start to look at me like the enemy, right? Rather than intervene, like rather than rather than jump right in and be like. Your mom, you're talking nonsense, and this is what you and you gotta see this. You gotta see that you're talking nonsense. Um, it's one of the reasons why why I like the sort of possession mentality, and you know, and that that language, mm -hmm. that theological language, because I think it's just an apt description of what happens uh, to anybody. Right, right wing extremism is is really prevalent right now, but but I think it, it happens in in all forms of ideological context. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's where I kind of stand is is because I, I hear you. I hear that things like this play into the right wing. I'm a victim fantasy. At the same time, everything plays into the right wing. I'm a victim <laughs> fantasy. And I think well, that that's, yeah, what I mean by great, that is it's, it's and how it's done. It does. But it doesn't sure. have to. But go ahead. Finish. All I mean by that is, is that practically, um, you know, I, I I see on Fox News, on um, from Rush Limbaugh's show, you know, like I, I I see and hear totally innocuous things being transformed into fights against conservatism. Like these are things that are not. These are things that are produced from. A particular vantage point. I don't think they're produced from the actual action. And so for me, I see uh, a, you know, from my perspective, 
when it was when Disney announced that Gina Carano uh, wasn't going to be invited back to the Mandalorian, I essentially saw something similar uh, to when Amazon decided no longer to host Parlor on their servers. Right. Amazon's like, no, we actually don't want anything to do with you because you fucked with our name and you, you brought shame to the family. Well, you're silencing conservative voices. If you if by silencing conservative voices, you mean um, uh, um, making good on the fact that you have violated our agreement and, <laughs> and right. said that I don't that we uh, don't want anything to do with you because you, you know, try to stage an insurrection of the United States, then sure, I guess we are. And I think, it, but and I think we're we're dealing with a similar thing, you know, with this. Where I look at that and I go, no, G Gina Carano and conservatives aren't being silenced or radicalized and and or, or anything like that. They are experiencing the consequences of uh, the free market. Right. Like you well, um, here, here's my here's my it. pushback. Here's my pushback on that. When I say that I'm concerned that it's creating more Republicans, I don't mean that we should baby. Republicans or baby people that are wrong. That is not what I'm trying to say. But what's not reported in the story on the top line with the Gina Carano incident is the fact that Disney said, hey, apologize. And she said, no. Right. Right. Now that doesn't get mentioned, right? Sure. That that doesn't get, that's not what people see. Ted Cruz didn't read that part of the story where they said, hey, you're reflecting poorly on our brand. You need to fix it. You need to apologize. And she said, no. Now you get what you deserve, right? Sure. But that's not the headline. That's not the headline. The headline is Gina Carano fired after making insensitive tweet. Right. So the perception is she said something wrong and she was shuffled out the door immediately. That's not the case. The other issue, I'm going to shit on your generation for a second. Well, bear with me. I'm going to rescue you. Um, another thing is with like the millennial generation, the way that you guys were brought up, there are no three strikes and you're out. There are no second chances, right? You've been brought up since a very young age when you're going through school that if, if somebody you know commits an act of bullying, they're gone right sure. away. Right. So that's there's not a lot of um, patience for people that that step out of line because there's no conflicts allowed to happen. They're, they're all quashed before before they get any further than that. So mm -hmm. somebody's always they're, they're, they're like there is no second chances. And, and that's not necessarily the fault of millennials that's the fault of millennial parents right because they, sure. they shelter everyone so much that nobody can gauge a threat anymore because nobody's had to face one do you have have you ever been in a fight i have but i know really? but i know yeah i have believe it or not <laughs> um but i know exactly what you're saying most, most people saying. most people haven't ever had to experience that sort of 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 confrontation before in the younger generation, you know, like I, when I was in high school, like if you were bullying somebody, you know, or you were being bullied, there was going to be a fight after school. And like you had to handle it yourself and you had to learn how to, to avoid those situations or deal with those situations. And the, the thing is 
at the end of the day, it was decisive. Okay. It was decisive. This is right. Or this is wrong, whatever. This is the way we're going. Right. We're going to have this fight and somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose. And then we're all going to move on. That doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen in politics anymore. The right is told we are going to hold this impeachment. It is constitutional to, uh, to, to try somebody for impeachment after they've left office. We've held a vote and decided that's the case. And fucking 43 senators go, I don't think that's true. And they vote to acquit based on the fact that they don't think it was constitutional. That was resolved. That was done. But it was never decisively done. And, and people aren't used to that decisive kind of, well, you lose here. Here now we have to deal with the results. Right. right but that's not so a millennial I, problem. I mean, that that those are all baby boomers and Gen Xers who, who are behaving like that. And in, in oh, I agree. I agree. But what I'm saying in, in the culture war aspect sure. of it, sure. you don't you don't as a as a as an Obama era liberal who's never really heard a conservative argument from before Obama, you mm. don't have any patience for somebody like Gina Carano to say something stupid and say, okay, maybe you're just stupid and have that fight with her, right? Like sure. to have that argument and say, this is why you shouldn't have put beep boop bop in your thing and you're a fucking moron. There's no like argument there. There's just, mm-hmm. oh, fire her and she's gone, right? So I, I see what you're saying and I think that there is some truth to that. Um... I want to talk about punk rock music here in a second. So yes, I'm, I do trying to, I'm trying to keep us on track. But but I do want to say this. I, I, I think that there's I think that it's more that we that that folks in my generation have been um, at least who are more liberal uh, have been exposed so often to bad faith debates and bad faith right. and and for me, I, I am, I am, and, and I, for many folks that are in my generation that I know well, we are totally ready to have a conversation. We're, we're absolutely ready to do it. We're absolutely ready to have a fight and an argument. If we believed that it would actually be an argument or a fight in good faith, where, where both sides are attempting to understand what is right and what is the truth and to hear each other and understand each other, but, but often, I mean, that, that's not really what's happening, you know, at least what we're exposed to in, in a kind of from at least the right, probably others in, an, in the Obama era. Nobody was interested in having a good faith debate over whether or not Obama was a natural born citizen of the country. Nobody was interested in that debate. And so that, that, that is even a talking point, that that is even something that like how do you how do you begin um, to kind of have that conversation if if Twitter was around in full force in two thousand and eight um, uh, and and somebody and Gina Carano had in her Twitter bio Obama is from Kenya how, where where would we even how would I even have that debate how would I even have that conversation I I would be like okay well here is his birth certificate yeah. I don't care. Here is his. Uh, here is uh, uh, written testimonies of his birth in Hawaii. I don't care. Here is you know, and, and then we just sit there, and I'm like, okay, well, there's nothing. There's nothing to say. Right. And, so and at think, that point, at that point, after you've done all that stuff, fire her. I'm I'm with you. Sure. Okay. 
But what, what I'm not what I'm what I'm alluding to more is that the perception, at least in the media, that these things are immediate. Right. Whenever right. whenever Al Franken has a picture taken, mm. he's immediately asked to resign. There's no conversation about that. You know, whenever whenever um, people people on the left are are like in, in uh, California, they're talking about like removing statues of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Come on. You know, this stuff, this stuff isn't about an argument either. It's about an immediate, you know, dismissal of something that you don't agree with. And that's it's it is, there's no nuance to the conversation. There's not even an attempt to have the conversation with them. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? I do see what you mean. I do see what you mean. I, I don't disagree. I don't actually like I, I don't disagree. I, I want there to be nuanced, good, you know, good faith conversation. I wonder if um, I wonder how that is initiated. Well, the, the thing is, you just start throwing punches back, right? You have the fight. And at the end of the fight with the bully in the parking lot at the end of school, at the end of the fight, once the blows have been exchanged, it's decisive and it's over because it's been it's been fought out and it's been had. And one person wins and one person loses and we move on from it. You know, we don't harbor it and and keep bringing it up over and over again over things that are completely irrelevant. Right. Whenever whenever these things are handled in this way, in my opinion, the reason I believe that these are creating more Republicans is because nothing really gets resolved. It's just it just looks like somebody got canceled and it feeds right into that narrative. I'm not saying that Gina Carano shouldn't have been canceled. I'm not saying that she should have been allowed to have her shows. I'm saying that that fight should have been had publicly Mm -hmm. so that everybody could see her saying fuck you i'm not gonna do that and then you go well hey you kind of earned it lady right and it doesn't look right. like you just got canceled because you put out a tweet that people didn't agree with you have that, to have a, a fight that's a good point that that's a that's a point that i i can the the public making sure that it goes public and is public um i think makes a lot more sense to me um and i think is a strong point um, and I think that speaks to, uh, I, I, well, first of all, I think public conversations um, and public debates are, are, are actually pretty hard um, in general, but are certainly hard for liberals, I think, which, which baffles me. I just think it's hard for liberals for some reason. Not all liberals, for sure, but like for some reason, the, the kind of run of the mill liberal person uh, has a hard time with with putting themselves out there for a, 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 an authentic public conversation. Maybe it goes back to the the good faith or the bad faith. Uh, well, it's because they're afraid if they say something wrong, they're going to get crushed. That might be you true. Know? But I like the I do I, I want to transition off of this. But I I, I think that your insistence on. Um, you know, making sure that, that these things happen in sort of the light of day. Mm-hmm. I, I think then that makes far more sense because then, then it becomes, then how do you spin all of it? Well, right. we saw it with our own eyes. So like, I mean, you still spin it. Donald Trump openly oh, sure. mocked uh, people with cerebral palsy and then said, no, I didn't, you know, even though we have right. it on tape. But we all can see that. So we can right. all make a judgment with an informed decision and say, look, 
this guy really is a dickhead, (laughs) you know, rather than rather than allowing them the opportunity to claim that they were somehow victimized by the process Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and thereby drawing people to their side to the tune of 74 million voters that somehow feel that this person was victimized and that they themselves were somehow victimized because the, the fight wasn't had and it wasn't decisive. Right. Mm -hmm, And like mm -hmm. I said, and and I'm not, I'm not totally knocking your generation because, you know, our world's a better place with, with that kind of uh, passion about justice. Sure it is. Um, But, you know, you gotta be willing, you gotta be willing to throw down and, and stick to your, stick to your guns. And she believes Gina Carano believes that she's sticking to her guns and she's going to hold on to that. And people are going to support her for that because they see her standing up for herself. She says, fine, I'm going to be fired. Well, I'm going to do another movie and I'm going to do that. And people say, well, that's good. You know, she's not letting them keep her down. Well, that's because we didn't put her down. Right. <laughs> right? right. You, you've you've got to win the fight before you can claim victory. All right, friends. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time.